Good evening and welcome to Dog Sports Live. Uh, it is Sunday night, March the 28th, and my name is Graham Coffee. This is Josh Ancher, and we are here to continue our spring position group previews. Uh, we're down to our second to the last one, and we're going to take a look at the front seven of Georgia's defense. Um, how are you doing this evening, Josh? I'm good. I'm good. Long weekend of doing stuff, running around, getting ready for the holiday weekend coming up. But um, I am ready to talk some D-line stuff. You did some great work and research on this. It's We've talked about our young defense. But um, how are you doing? I'm good, man. You know, I uh, it's interesting sort of digging into uh, some of these position previews and looking at some of the advanced metrics and some of the stuff uh, we, we can get from PFF and a lot of the sources that, that you subscribe to. Um, I actually feel better about uh, Georgia's defense going into 2021 than I, I did a couple months ago. I think there's there's a lot more to work with there than most people realize. Um, I actually discovered last night, I mean, like I knew this in my gut, but I haven't had a way to prove it. But uh, Christopher Smith is an elite coverage guy uh he did not give up any receptions when covering slot receivers last year in all the games that he played 100 and i think 36 snaps no receptions given up so like that made me feel a lot better right because we've been worried about the secondary but there's still some holes we got to fill and um yeah some yeah. holes <laughs> i've got the graphic up right now with bill Connolly's returning production georgia is defensive re uh returning production is 126 out of 127 and um well, that's not good. That's not good. No, no, it's <laughs> not good at all. But um, as we've, you know, it's been noted, the SEC East is not uh, as high caliber as the West, and it's this year. In fact, if you if you break it down by the the conference, uh, all seven of the SEC East teams are in the bottom seven of returning production in the conference, and all the West are obviously in the top seven. So. Um, you, you know, they're certainly not as, as uh, depleted um, from attrition as Georgia is. Georgia is returning 39% of the defensive production, whereas Florida mm -hmm. is returning 70%, which is still only seventh in the conference, but it's significant. Uh, but, you know, we're not – a lot of teams are facing, especially the teams on our schedule are facing similar problems. But um, we've noted it many times in talking about secondary and and uh, and – the uh, Georgia defense is highly recruited, highly touted, and uh, we get to see him play. So um, some of the guys yeah. didn't play last year, but we've got some Kobe Dean played a lot last year and uh, he's going to be a leader this year. Yeah. 100%. Let me, can I ask you a question? I'm curious about that, that statistic. So is that uh, when, when Bill Connolly breaks down those returning production numbers, is that, based on anyone on the team that made tackles or sacks or, you know, got snaps, or is it just based on starters that are, that have no, them? no, it's everybody. It's, okay. I, I believe I, he doesn't, you know, it's on ESPN now. So he, and the college football data source that I use and I'm a part of that community doesn't have the metrics up yet, but I'm it's, you know, he's all based on EPA and, and right. success, success rate. So he's going deep, you know, he's, uh, judging that on you know everybody that plays so no that's not just just uh, returner just starters and stuff so um, I mean you can just you know count them all money money rice you know uh, Richard account yeah. yeah I mean uh, Ojolari is probably the biggest one in the front seven that you know he's he was the leader in every really you know front seven statistic we had 
Um, and uh, so he's gone. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, but that's the mark of a good program. Guys come and go. Right. You know, it's, it's that whole totally. mantra, yeah. whether we reload, we, you know, we reload, you know. Totally. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think it's tough. It's a little, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Uh, what Bill Connolly, you know, Bill Connolly is kind of the god of advanced metrics. Um, but I do think it can be a little tough, especially with like the defensive numbers, um, just because like things like sacks or interceptions or tackles for loss, you know, like those are going to be the big EPA plays. But if a guy is like a shutdown corner and a ball never really gets thrown his way, that's not really going to like show up on an EPA standpoint for the no. most part right no no so, fact, yeah your your shutdown corners are going to have very low metrics um and i'm right. assuming he's building snaps into that as well you know that's that's where that, that sure okay that's that's you know that's where those guys get counted um for sure he's not just taking numerical stats it's you know snaps i mean the same it's very similar stuff the pff does um totally of, yeah to, and, and just you covered snaps and all that sort of stuff right okay well so i mean i think that uh kind of you know drives home sort of a little bit of what we were talking about in pre-show here, which is just that with a kind of depleted secondary or a, you know, a rebuilt secondary, however you want to put it. I mean, I think we have good experience of safety, but defensive backs and star position is going to be pretty much brand new. Uh, it's going to be really key on that front seven, you know, the, the defensive linemen and, and linebackers to, get pressure on the quarterback and not let, you know, not let plays get extended to where these new young guys in the secondary are having to cover receivers for five, six, seven seconds. Um, if that happens against Clemson, I think there's probably a really good chance we lose that football game just because it's, it's going to be a long night if we can't get some pressure on the quarterback. So I think, the the logical place to start with this this preview uh, is kind of the interior line with your defensive tackles and nose guards because, in my opinion, the DTs are sort of the strength of this entire defense. Like Jordan Davis comes back, Jalen Carter returns from a phenomenal freshman year. Um, Devontae Wyatt is a big body that's back from injury, and we actually have some some metrics and stats that show. I he's I think a very underappreciated player and has a very big impact on the defense when he's in the game but um we also have the luxury of like some young talent at the position right like Ingram Dawkins has come in and there's some other younger guys in the program and so like I think it'll be very interesting you know sort of setting up this whole preview like Georgia claims to run a 3-4 but at a lot of times over the last two years we've seen sort of like this this four, two, five thing, like, like this clip you're showing right here, we've got four down linemen. You've got two inside linebackers, two safeties, two defensive backs. And then you have that star position. That's kind of that, you know, hybrid uh, defensive back slash safety slash like a Sam linebacker. Um, so, you know, I, I think just from a defensive alignment standpoint, it's going to be really interesting to see what Dan Lanning and Curry smart decide is the best thing to do with this personnel. Um, obviously, Jordan Davis is the big body back in the middle, and you've been showing some clips of him here. Um, I mean, I I don't think it's a stretch to say he's probably the best defensive tackle in the SEC, and if he plays really well this year, he's probably the best in the country, and it's also just so rare to have an impact defensive tackle. 
Uh, so it's it's quite the luxury for Georgia as a defense. But oh, it was huge news when he came back. I mean, that was yeah. that's better. That's better than any five star. We love five stars, but I mean, come on. I mean, totally. having a leader and just a literally anchor of the defense come back was pretty damn awesome. Yeah, and like when he's in the game, he demands a double team, right? You know, he lines up either right directly over center or shades to either side between the center and the guard and he commands two players. And so like in a traditional three, four defense, he's the type of player that you have to have. Think like Terrence Cody at Alabama when they kind of, you know, were first coming up under Saban, like having that guy that occupies space in the middle and occupies offensive linemen so that your linebackers can come and crash in the run or blitz the quarterback is crucial. So if he continues to like flash some of the pass rush abilities that we've seen at times throughout this year, I think we could see Georgia in that true three, four alignment again, more. Um, the next guy, you know, that you kind of got to bring up at, at defensive tackles, Jalen Carter, again, just a true sophomore, but probably already one of the best interior linemen, not just in the sec, but also in the nation. Um, and I mean, him and Davis, I don't know that there's a better tandem of defensive tackles slash nose guards in the country. Um, it's, you know, he can really like blow a play apart. And right here is a great example of that. Like, this is the play I always think about when I think of Jalen Carter. Um, it's just like him, you know, wreaking havoc in the backfield. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, according to PFF, in their pass rushing productivity ratings, Carter was actually the interior lineman who was most effective as a pass rusher rusher in 2020. Not, not Davis, but, but actually Carter, which I think is interesting. Um, then the guys that come in after, after them, you've got Rochester, Julian Rochester and Devonte Wyatt. Uh, I love Julian Rochester just because he's like, you know, the, the old man of the team, this is going to be his sixth year. He was, part of Kirby's first recruiting class, which just feels wild to say when you think of how many guys we've seen kind of come and go and leave early and all that over the last few years. But um, he has a ton of experience, you know, for a technically a, a non-starter, like 103 career tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks in his career and a forced fumble. That's a great experience to have in that room. And then when you couple him with, Devontae Wyatt, uh, who started all 10 games at defensive tackle last season and is also taking advantage of those COVID rules to play an extra year of college football. It's going to be really interesting to see like how, how this shakes out. Cause I think that in the past, we've talked about how deep the outside linebackers are on the UGA defense. I think this year, those interior linemen, that's probably the spot on the entire team where UGA has the, the best depth. Um, the other thing that blew my mind is that uh, Devontae Wyatt actually registered more pressures last season from from his D-tackle slash nose guard kind of position uh, than Jermaine Johnson or N'Kobe Dean. And he finished 10th on the entire team in tackles as a interior lineman. So, like, yeah, that's I'm, really I, absurd. I've got the, the stat up here right now. Uh, he's, Wyatt had 215 snaps with 12 hurries and four hits. And, uh, yeah, that is stout. <laughs> he's yeah. a beast and i mean you know it's like truthfully digging into this i feel like the names the buzz names that we talk about a lot are are carter and davis right but like it really you know and i know jordan davis was hurt at times last year but like Devonte wyatt was probably the most valuable defensive lineman on the team last year you know um 
if you can, you know, true, like kind of consider Ojolari a true linebacker, even though he was lining up with his hand in the dirt at times. Uh, I, I just don't know that that many Georgia fans are really kind of appreciating what, what he's capable of. Um, and then, yeah, the, the other guys you've got kind of, or you've got that young talent and in Ingram Dawkins, who's a true freshman and borderline five-star, depending on what service you subscribe to. And then Zion Logue saw some action last year. Warren Brinson saw some action before going down with a concussion. Uh, Tymon Mitchell is still in that mix. So just, a really deep room. And I think if you're a Georgia fan, like you got to feel good about how this defense will perform against like, like I just, I don't see anyone gashing Georgia up the middle at any point in time in the season. I don't care even if it's, it's Alabama or somebody that has like a, a pseudo NFL offensive line, just because Georgia basically has like a, an NFL uh, interior line here. I'm typing a tweet right now. Cause I'm just like, you've gone. Oh deep on this uh on this depth chart and i just gotta say come on get on the show guys grams let's do it, it. Yeah, we're bringing it, it yeah all right so we've shown some stats i mean yeah we so it's it's kind of amazing to, to to hear about all these guys and you're talking about how deep this you know this d-line and, and uh linebacker core is and to hear mm-hmm. to see us not to lose so much production to return not as much production as you would think but i just I mean, you don't hear about these guys, and yet they're ready to play. You know, they're playing on the on the scout team, and they're you know practicing against the the twos, and and uh, it's it's that's what a great recruiting can do. It's like even though you've never heard of them, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be ready. I mean, you know, I'm excited, uh, especially Nicobe Dean and Jalen Carr. These guys are all going to be just monsters, and uh, yeah, and, and if they're good, that allows the younger guys to to learn and watch, and, and maybe uh, take some pressure off of them too. Totally. And I mean, I think a, like what you said, great recruiting, but B it's, I think it's excellent program culture and, you know, sort of Kirby smart and Lanning and, and everyone else in the program, like really kind of bringing that lunch pail mentality of like, do your job. You know, the, the team is first, the individual is second. And a lot of the, I mean, like, especially in the kind of Kirby smart system of defense that he's been running his entire career, going back to his days with Saban, um, the D tackle is always kind of the guy that does the dirty work really, you know, they exist to, to occupy space and bodies for, for other guys to come in and make big plays and sacks and tackles for loss. Um, and then occasionally you get like a transcendently good D tackle, like some of the guys on Georgia's roster right now, where they can become a household name, like Jordan Davis has, and Jalen Carter's on his way to being. Yeah, to have Jordan, I know we talked about it already, but to have Jordan Davis just anchoring, it's. I mean, we were so much better on defense when he was in the on the lineup than he when he wasn't. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, we it's it's young, but we've got talent, and I'm ready to see him put some uh, hats on hats with it. All right. You want to go into the edge? edge Yeah. Let's talk about the edge defenders. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're going to call these guys edge defenders. Um, You know, these are the same guys that Georgia calls outside linebackers, but let's be honest, they primarily are lining up in a three point stance. So they're, they're much more like defensive ends and OLBs. But uh, as we saw last year with Aziz, right? Like when Georgia has a hot pass rusher, historically even going back before Kirby smart. And I mean, really this is just a football axiom. Uh, They're good. And the one that is going to be the stud and kind of the guy relied on to get to the quarterback this year is that guy right there. Number 19, Adam Anderson. Um, And I mean, he, 
has been kind of a pass rush specialist at times, like over the last few years. Uh, but, you know, he sort of was buried at times on the depth chart or not buried, but just like behind his ease. Jermaine Johnson, you had all these guys kind of in there taking snaps. And uh, truthfully, like, I think he, you know, other than Aziz, he's probably been the best pass rusher on the roster for at least the last season or two. Um, the interesting thing with him is, you know, A, there's been some question of like, is he big enough to to shed blocks and defend the run and, and hold up in the run game? Um, right here, it looks like he can. But truthfully, just if you look situationally over the last year, Georgia just did not put the dude on the field that much when it was – not, you know, a, a pretty obvious passing down. So it's tough to say. Um, and then apparently he's been training at star some this off season. Right. And so, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about that. I know you, well, I mean, Kirby talked about in that first uh, scrimmage practice that, you know, when you're in, you know, you're inside backer, you know, you're playing that star position, you got to do drop back in coverage and, and uh, that's what they're experimenting with. They like his his nose for the ball, but, you know, they've just got to try him out in coverage. And Kirby said he's had some good plays and he's had some bad plays. So, I mean, and I'm wondering if that's kind of the reason Jermaine Johnson maybe took off, you know, because he said he was playing everywhere, wasn't happy, clearly transferred to Miami, I think. And maybe he wasn't re- willing to uh, do what it took to play this defense uh, like Georgia wants to play it and, uh, and didn't want to do coverage. He just wanted to go after quarterback. So Anderson clearly is uh, – is going to be challenged there and uh I, you know if you just look at scene and and uh, you know, adam and anderson's play and how they just tackle and attack the ball i mean they're very similar i mean i know they're probably built differently and but i i can see some of you know clearly scene's going to be better in coverage but i can see anderson contributing there and especially and that's how you get on the field is if you can cover um you're going to stay on the field and and you're not going to be tipping the deep, the offense off to if you're coming after the quarterback if they if you can drop back and cover the the crossing route or the or the slant or whatever so yeah i mean that's that, that's what they need me to do and they want them on the field yeah i mean it's hard for me to imagine at this moment uh him like being on the field as a star on a third and long play you know matched up on a a slot receiver or something like that but I don't, you know, I mean, like, if you think about kind of the packages, like, I think there might be, you know, that that star position may just be kind of like a, a classic platoon kind of thing where we've got somebody in there that that has better coverage abilities on on third and longs and obvious passing downs. And then, like, having Anderson in there at times to help defend the run, but also at times to, you know, rushing the passer from that kind of spot that's off the line just creates a lot more issues and confusion for an offensive line to deal with. So I think it's interesting. I mean, I, I think he's a guy that is probably, you know, doing some of that cross training will probably make him a three down player for Georgia's defense this year, you know, where he's just like you were saying, always going to be on the field, but um, kind of his buddy there, right. Is going to be Nolan Smith. Um, and what is interesting about Smith is like, you know, he was number one overall recruit. I think there's been a lot of talk of maybe he hasn't lived up to the hype or the promise, but if you look at his PFF numbers, which is just a piece of the picture, but if you look at his PFF numbers, it actually kind of tells us that he's very, very close, like extremely close. Uh, he's getting to the quarterback and creating problems for opposing offenses, but 
he's kind of always like that split second away from the sack, but he's creating a lot of pressures, a lot of hurries. So it'll be interesting to see if this year is kind of where it clicks for him and he's able to turn some of those pressures into sacks and, and be that true, like three down edge defender. Cause he does a great job of shedding blocks and pursuing backs in the running game. And I don't know. I just, I feel like he's a guy that despite being that heralded recruit, like he's come in, you know, I remember Kirby talking last year about Nolan calling him one night saying, I want to go down to the scout team so I can get more reps and get better. Like, it seems like he's a dude that does everything the right way. And I think truthfully, like my gut is that that's going to kind of pay off for him this year. Just like looking at it, it seems like he's been really close to being that impact player. Um, and I hope it does. Like, it, it, I feel like he deserves, you know, to reap the rewards of that word. Yeah, I mean, it, these guys are hungry. They want to play, and that's what you want to hear. You want to hear, how do I get better? And that's what, I mean, every time you hear you know, one of the coaches, more often we hear Kirby, but, you know, he always says, you know, you got to get better. And and yeah. that's that's what these guys want to do, and that's why they're, you know, four and five stars, and that's why we go after them, and, and Kirby wants them to, to play well, and he expects them to do what it takes. Well, yeah, and it's like it's the kind of, you know, classic Kirby smart philosophy of if you throw enough – four and five stars at any problem it'll probably solve it um yeah i mean i think the what's going to be interesting i think anderson and nolan smith are kind of the you know a clear one two at that position but like who sort of comes in after them is it going to be mj sherman who was hurt at times last year but again another all-world recruit that you know did some good stuff on special teams and tends to you know there, there seems to be a lot of good hype and feedback on how he's performed since coming on campus but uh you've also got robert beal jr who has kind of grinded away in the program for years and years and done things the right way and um you know can he get on the field is that going to pay off will be interesting to see because you also have Xavier sorry and Chaz chambliss coming in to you know top 50 overall in the country linebacker recruits which we get you know it seems we get a couple of those every year at georgia um and like do they have the skills to come in and see the field immediately i know uh you know those guys have both enrolled early and they're particularly about chambliss i feel like there's been some buzz already in spring practice so it, it's going to be an interesting battle to watch for sure i mean nolan smith and, and nicobe dean were both freshmen right <laughs> and they were playing in the auburn game so yeah. I mean, so with no spring, shortened preseason, and you're playing, you know, against Auburn in the second game of the year, which I believe was a top 10 game at that point. So, yep. uh, I mean, I, I got a feeling if they're ready, I mean, having spring and, and summer practice, yeah, I, they're going to be there. So it's, well, yeah. you know. Well, they were both sophomores last year, but their freshman year. the Yeah, okay, the, sorry. The last, yeah, at Auburn. No, you're right, though. They were both playing in that game and played a lot of – I mean, hell, like the Notre Dame game in 2019, Nolan Smith was the guy that got that final pressure on the final play, you know, to, to win the game. And he'd been on campus for a month at that point. So, I mean, I think we know that, that Georgia likes to, to keep their defenders fresh. And, and that's the difference between a, a really deep program, right? Like most programs in the SEC, save for like Vanderbilt, uh, they're going to have really good players in their starting lineup. But can you throw waves of talent at an offense all day or a defense all day and wear them out? And, you know, Georgia can do that in most cases. Um, right, you, want, you want to talk about the uh, inside backers here? 
yes. Uh, you want to go back to defensive ends and do inside backers first? Uh, yeah, I've got I've got Nicobe Dean's plays coming up right here. Okay, so. cool. Yeah, no, that's fine. So yeah, inside linebacker, um, Nicobe Dean is kind of that stalwart in the middle of the D. Uh, especially now with Monty Monty Rice gone, he's going to have to fully step into that role as kind of like the the defensive quarterback, so to speak. And he'll have you know he'll he'll be out there to to organize some of these younger guys. he's one of those players that like, I don't know that he does any one thing exceptionally, but he's just very good at everything. Um, And, you know, we use a bucket semifinalist last season. Like what else do I really need to say about it? Um, Exactly. Yeah. And then the other, that. by the way, yeah. And then next to him, you're going to have Quay Walker. Um, And I thought Walker did a really good job and filled in really nicely when Monty Rice was hurt last year and played really well for the most part. Uh, He's big. He's athletic. I think he's really good against the run. And looking at his kind of tackle statistics, he's done a good job at, you know, I mean, like he he does not miss tackles frequently. I should say it that way. So, um, yeah, man, like I, I think that that inside linebacker room is really solid, especially when you kind of go to that second wave. You've got Channing Tindall, who was a former five-star all-world recruit, we didn't really see him at all in 2019, but 2020 was kind of a resurgence for him. He he had three sacks despite only rushing the passer 11 times last year, which I think is hilarious. That dude's basically like, if this was Major League Baseball, he would be a Hall of Famer, right? Um, <laughs> so I, mean, I think also we'll see him on the field because he does kind of have the body to where he can shift over to outside linebacker as well. Um, so, you know, I would anticipate seeing – seeing him on the field quite a bit. And then uh, you've got Smeal Mondin, who was the number one player in Georgia. He's going to be a true freshman coming in, and he's going through spring practice right now, so that should allow him to gain a hold on the scheme. And uh, Rion Davis and Tresman Marshall are kind of other players who've been in the program for a while, uh, you know, heralded recruits like almost all Georgia recruits, but have had some nagging injuries. So how that plays out is kind of TBD, right? Yep. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing to see all these guys and all these snaps that we were showing that were that depleted, but that just, I mean, we do, we play a lot of players and that's what you were talking about. They, uh, yeah. Kirby wants to keep them fresh. So these guys have gotten meaningful snaps, not just, not just scrub time. I mean, they're gotten meaningful snaps, which is, I mean, that just tells me they're ready to play now. Totally. Yeah. And so last position group we've got is uh, those defensive ends, kind of the true defensive ends. Um, it's weird. Like, I don't know that we really, you know, other than Trevon Walker, I don't know that we have like a traditional kind of D end on our team. It's a lot of these edge sort of outside linebacker rusher guys, but uh, at six, five and 290 pounds, like he's a freak. He's got enough speed to run down on kickoff coverage and has for a long time now. Um, so it, it'll be interesting because he's got the size to kind of duck inside or line up at defensive end. And he hasn't seen, I mean, he's seen the field a good bit over the last two seasons and has had some impactful moments like closing out the Auburn game with the sack of Bo Nix two years ago um, to kind of ice that game for us. But, yeah, he's another one of those guys that, like, you're sort of waiting for him to take that kind of that that next leap um, a little bit like Nolan Smith. And it'll be interesting to see sort of how that plays out. And, and also, like, Jalen Carter is technically a D tackle or a nose guard, but – 
he has the speed and the size to line up at the end and probably especially in run situations will line up at the end so yeah and then you've got Tramel walther is kind of that last guy there and um he's actually played a decent amount of snaps last year and there's just a ton of depth is really the key i mean it's just it's it's kind of frightening how many of these talented players are are in here like splitting snaps and it's it's also really impressive that georgia manages to to talk these guys that are all world recruits into like coming in and just kind of sharing time like this for for years and then yeah and then seems the, like and we just picked up a, a top 50 guy today i mean it's like yeah. there's you know kirby tells you we're gonna recruit you and then we're gonna recruit somebody to play and challenge you the next year and you're going to get a chance to play. And that's what it matters to these guys. They want to play and they want to play with the best. So. Right. Well, and I, you know, I think, yeah, competition makes everybody better. And did you, one thing that was interesting about, did you watch that announcement today when he, uh... no, I was kind of oblivious to it. I mean, I was doing some church stuff. So, I mean, that was a nice thing to come home from Palm Sunday service and to find uh you know, the go dogs from Kirby waiting for me on Twitter, which was great. So I was completely out of it. Right. Yeah, no. Um it just it was interesting. Uh I'm trying to remember this kid's name that recruit that committed today. Um Jalon, yeah, Jalon Walker. So what was very interesting about his commitment was that uh I was I was watching the the little announcement ceremony live and after he, you know, put on the Georgia hat and all that good stuff, um they were asking him, you know, like why UGA and he was talking about George's linebacker you and they have all these great coaches there and these great defensive minds and the first name that he said when he started talking about the coaches was Will Muschamp he's like they got Will Musch they got Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart and Dan Lanning and I was like wow you know like that's that's significant um and I mean you know I I don't know that even you know as an analyst I don't know that he even has contact with these kids directly but I mean, he his, must have been he's obviously was recruiting him while he was at south, at carolina. south carolina yeah yeah well it, you know someone on twitter kind of responded to that and was saying that like a big part of the reason we brought Muschamp in was to to recruit against clemson um which you know we've picked up two two guys on defense in this past week that are you know one a five star one a really high four star both came down to georgia and clemson so you gotta love that if you're a dog fan like winning those battles over them now if we can just go beat them first week of next season you'll really feel good (laughs) yeah i know i mean it's i'm so jacked for season for football and all i've got waiting for me is you know g-day and then it's a long time but we'll uh no it's and also i saw something interesting that you know as soon as uh visits open up it'll be interesting hopefully we can hang on to these guys there's no reason to think that we won't hang on to all or most of them and stuff but it'll be an interesting summer uh, yeah. once the flo- they're truly the floodgates open and stuff and i suspect maybe they will even close you know i mean they're you know kids don't decommit from georgia after they come here you know what i mean it's like they it's, normally well, no yeah i mean I unless mean, there's like a coaching change or something unforeseen right i mean we've got great facilities and great energy on the on and so i'm you know i'm not worried about that but uh no it's it's awesome that 2022 defense is looking solid yeah, I mean, I think that class is already number two or, you know, maybe even number one, depending on the recruiting service. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, it's we, we're just you've only 
only Ohio State's ahead just because they have more recruits. But yeah, on average, we're number one, I believe. Uh, maybe Alabama might be number one on average. But yeah, I mean, it's it's you know picking the fl- uh, yeah flash it out of the pepper, as my friend says. Um, <laughs> no, so uh, well, that was awesome, dude. You did some hell hella good uh, good Thank defense you. study, man. It was a lot of stuff, but a lot of st- graphs up there. I'll uh, be tweeting these out tomorrow and um, to let you guys look at them and uh, try to watch them uh, on your phone and the tablet or whatever you're checking it out. But uh, yeah, it was awesome, dude. I'm excited. I do want to talk real quick before we go. I know uh, I've tweeted about this a little bit, but just, you know, if you're a Georgia fan and you're kind of using this show just to to catch up on the week or whatever, uh, Tyke Smith being in the transfer portal. um, I know you and I were texting about this a little bit but uh i think that's a huge huge thing for uga and if he could cut you know if, if georgia can land him to come in and, and play that kind of star position and you know that way you you know christopher smith i think is you know he, he played free safety at west virginia but also moved around and um kind of played the equivalent to their star position there as well but bringing him in at star then you've got you know two starting safeties that I think you feel really solid about you've got a guy at star that was a third team all American last year. You've got Ringo at one boundary corner who I think we know is going to be a stud really leaves like that one position in the secondary that you got to fill, you know, you've got to fill one more boundary defensive back spot. But uh, I think if you were a Georgia fan and, and that happens, you would feel way, way better. All right, you buried the lead. Tyke, you put this out, right? Is that how to say his name? Tyke? Yes. And, and he liked your tweet. So let's He retweeted it. He retweeted my video. He retweeted uh, my, it. My so video, yes. Bro, we're talking about you on the show. We're probably committing a recruiting violation, but we're no <laughs> way, not associated with University of Georgia athletic programming whatsoever. So no, come not, to Georgia and uh, we'll um, you can retweet our stuff anytime. Big shout out to that dude. And uh, come, I'd love to come see him to in. Georgia, and you can join Lewis Lewisian and be the other official defensive back of Dog Sports Live. I mean, right? Lewis has always been very good to us online, but uh, yeah, if we could if we could team him up with Tyke, I think you know, I think we would have some jerseys to buy. Truthfully, <laughs> I also also truthfully like if if he does come to Georgia, um, that kind of like flips me from being like, I think we have a shot uh, to win the national championship to being like, Georgia's probably the favorite to win the national championship, depending on how things, there's a lot of variables in there, but like, yeah. truthfully, if you're no, a UGA fan. A position of need. And, yeah. and, and West Virginia's defense might've been the best in the country last year. I think, I know BYU's was really good, but maybe power five, they were, they were not just they were awesome on defense yeah. and this is this is one of their leaders and he's available and his coach came here so uh right. i mean i don't think it's much of a stretch or uh to you know knock on wood. yeah knock on wood to think that that him, him him ending up um between the hedges is 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 not far uh a, a far leap i can't come up with any cliches right now i'm it's tired okay. well and i think you know i mean losing pickens last week really sucks uh i am happy just because it seems like we might get him back mid-season um depending on how his rehab goes but like i think truthfully if you were a georgia fan and you took you know emotion out of it like i georgia returns so much receiving production that 
I think like, you know, kind of bringing in Smith would, would balance out a little bit of that sting of, of losing Pickens who we all love to watch. He was a phenomenal player. Um, but I think Georgia probably could afford to lose a wide receiver. Uh, you know, if, if Kirby smart had the choice and was like, you got to trade a starting wide receiver, but you're going to get a starting defensive back in return. He would probably take that right now. Um, yeah. Now, yeah, I mean, trying to put, I know that's a silver lining worth putting on there. You know, we, we lost a, uh, a player at a, at a position of that we were set at and we could add a, you know, quality veteran at a position of need. So yeah, you never, you can't really make those, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Like this, you know, this could be a net positive if you want to sort of kind of look at it like that. So, I mean, yeah, it would be awesome. I don't know. I don't know how the transfer portal works or when we're going to hear or, or anything like that, but I mean, I mean, I'm looking at it strictly through red and black shaded glasses. Like, yeah, of course he's coming to Athens. Why would, come on. All right. So so one more, one more thing before we sign off. And I know I kind of started the show mentioning this, but like, just in case Connor O'Gara at Saturday down South decides to plagiarize us again, I want to get this on tape and out there. This take of of mine is, is one that I've got a lot of evidence to back up and I, I will bring that to the table at a later date, but I'm saying right now, Christopher Smith is a lockdown defender and everyone's sleeping on the dude. Cause he's a little bit, a little bit, you know, undersized and maybe doesn't look like your classic uh, free safety, but that guy is exceptional in coverage and nobody wanted, that, no one wanted yeah. a piece of Daryl green and he wasn't big either. So that's a good point. Yeah. And he, I mean, honestly, like everyone wonders about his ability to hold up in the run game, but there was a few plays, especially in the uh, bowl game where like he came up and walloped dudes in run support. So I think that everyone has kind of like talked about him a little bit, like maybe it'd be nice if we could upgrade over him or someone else could play safety or whatever. But uh, the, the stats, the advanced stats say that like he is, he was as good of a cover guy that Georgia had on the field last year. And that included three guys that are going to be NFL draft picks in you know, a few weeks. So just putting it out there. All right, man. Dude, thank you All for right. bringing this. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Hopefully you guys are still with us. And, uh, and, it's uh, okay if you aren't, it's okay. All right. Yeah. It's 30 minutes, 38 minutes, but that was solid. 38 minutes of me not screwing up plays and you bring in the, bring in the heat. So. All right, let's get out of here before we screw anything up. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, watch for Graham stuff on dogsports.com. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. This will be uploaded later. We're not sure how we're going to do this going forward because uh, Twitter Periscope things changing dramatically this week. So, but we, uh, oh yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, go dogs! We, yeah, absolutely, go dogs! Thanks, buddy.